Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Good morning, podcast listeners. So this uh, podcast is actually a kind of a response to a question that was asked on a webinar masterclass that I did. And the question relates to something I talk about, which is how I helped myself and how I help others to get past the stuckness of, I have no, you know, I have no idea how to solve this problem, or I have no idea what I really want. And no matter how many times I try to solve whatever the problem is, I just come back round to the beginning and the problem just gets worse and worse. And I describe it as repeatedly, both running around in circles and banging your head against a brick wall while you do it. It's deeply uncomfortable. And I found myself in that place when I didn't know it was it had anything to do with menopause, but it was causing me a great deal of distress and I was completely stuck. I had no idea what to do. And then I had a, a little light bulb moment that reminded me well, hang on a minute, what do I do when I'm working with clients and they're stuck? Which is not that uncommon. You know, sometimes I will be asking for people, for people, not feel, asking people what they might want, what would make things better, what might make them happier, what is a goal they might have, what would make today better than yesterday, which sound like relatively straightforward questions except when you're stuck, they're not. When you're stuck, they're really, really challenging questions. And and because obviously, when you ask someone a question, what you're trying to, you know, I'm working with people to get them into a better place. And, and so I want to quickly move them away from that, that feeling of, you know, like you're in the classroom and someone's asked you a really difficult question, you don't know, and it starts to get uncomfortable. Because you go, what's the answer? What's the answer? like you feel compelled to come up with a right answer. So how I've always helped other people get out of that stuck mode in, in, and it's just a stuck mode in your head. It's It goes, I don't know. I'll say, okay, well, let's not focus on now or the future. Let's look back. Let's find a point in your life. And for most people, it will be childhood teenage years or something someone where you're very small very young and you can remember a specific thing you liked doing an activity or an, or an interest or an experience you just think back to something and I thought okay I've done this with other people and it generally seems to work to resolve the problem so why don't I try that on myself which I did and I call this thing um, emotional navigation. I coined that term. So there's, there's, if you do research out, I'd be very surprised if you find what emotional navigation is. It's a Shirleyism. 
But here's how I think this works. And I'll give you an example first of how, of what I did. I've already given you a sense of why I did it, but what I did was I thought, okay, think Shirley, think, what did you like doing as a child? And I came up with some of the obvious things, you know, like riding a bike, um, which I could have done. Um, but I wanted to go into something that just I could remember totally loving, you know, without thinking, because children have this brilliant ability, or when we're children, to know so perfectly, I like this, I don't like that. I want to do this, I don't want to do that. This is fun, that's not fun. They just have no problem figuring this out. That's what comes later in life. So, so I wanted to go to a place that I could remember where I, I was in touch with that. That's what I was looking for. And I came up with two things. One was I used to like going in the garden and get my hands dirty in the soil and making what we used to call mud pies, which were sandcastles, but with mud. So you'd get a bucket, you'd fill it with mud, get nice and dirty, and, and then you'd tip it up and you'd, you'd make a, a mud castle. Only I don't really care about the castle. I just like the mud bit, if I'm honest. And I do remember, it's always stuck in my mind how much I enjoyed that. But at the time, I lived in a flat. So unless I was going to go and dig up park gardens, that wasn't the most practical thing for me to be able to do. And I'll explain why I wanted to do that in a moment, because someone asked me a question about the neuroscience behind this. So I'm coming to that. But let me, for those of you who haven't heard this story, let me just give you the backstory. So the other thing I could come up with, I came up with, was when I was very young and the early years of school, we were given a task of embroidering something. Uh, I think you'd probably call it cross stitch nowadays. I think that's what it was. But in those days, I was little, it was, it was, it was embroidered, it was sewing, it was something. And I do remember enjoying it, which given where I was by the time I thought about this was an irony because I'd spent most of a lifetime telling everybody how much I hated sewing of any description, I wouldn't sew on buttons. The prospect of actually being able to make anything was just beyond me. You know, I just, I would buy things. I don't do that stuff. And so I could already see that there was a dissonance. It's like, mm, how interesting. So as an adult, I tell myself I don't like this, but as a child, I really found it quite therapeutic and enjoyable. And I also remembered that for a short while, I quite liked crocheting, even though I never got good at it. I used to just do very long bits of crochet. I didn't make anything. So, so those are the two things I had in mind. Now, the first trick is just, just to bring them to mind. You don't have to do anything with them necessarily, not to begin with. But you plant the seed. Now, what planting a seed does in your mind is it starts, if you keep kind of nurturing it like a seed, keep watering it with focus, just a little bit gentle focus, it's looking for synaptic connections. In other words, it's looking for, is there anyone here? Is there anyone else in the room like me? And the reason that's really powerful to do that is because it, it bypasses logical thinking, which, which is our conscious brain going, okay, if I do A, 
then B will happen. And if I do B, then C will happen. Because this process has no plan. It has no, I'll do this and then that will happen. There, there is no guaranteed outcome. You have no idea what the outcome is. It's a bit like you found a seed. You have no idea what it is, but you're putting it in the soil and wondering what might come up. That's what you're doing. Uh, but the brain can't help. So the subconscious part of the brain, so it's liberated from step by step, do this, do that, do the other, because you haven't given it any more instructions than think about this. So it goes, oh, okay. And in the vast library of everything we've ever done, there's a sensory, a library of sensory experiences, everything we've ever felt, done, experienced, whatever, is, is there in this vast sensory library. And so that synaptic connection is looking for not what does this uh, logical brain says, what logically makes sense to look for. Whereas the brain actually, when it's liberated, will just go, show me something that feels like this. And because you're connecting with something that feels good, it's going to find you more examples of things that feel good now. And if you're going to ask me for what are all the technical terms of this, I don't know. I don't know. I just am aware that this is how we tick. So to go back to what I did, I discovered in my local library, it was a little class of mostly elderly women and a lot of people at midlife who knitted and crocheted and they were very good at it and they loved it and they'd always done it. Um, but they were a very welcoming group and they welcomed me into their group and they taught me I, I, knitting and I can't do, I don't do knitting, but I can do the crochet. So they, they re-taught me something I'd already done. So again, I'm reconnecting um, kind of weakened synaptic, synaptic connections in my brain. You know, they're there, but they've got a little bit flimsy and flaccid. So, I'm learning again, and as I learn, I go, you begin to get that, what people call muscle memory, mental memory. Uh, and so that's, again, communicating with my brain of, oh, yeah, and it will remind you in the library, in the pattern of everything, of all the things that are connected to this in sensory terms in your brain, of how it connects events and situations. Because it feels good, it's going to be connected to other things that are feeling good too so you start to create a new network which builds on neuroplasticity so i used to go to these um, little sessions once a week we had tea and coffee and cake and chatted and just you know meditatively knitted or crocheted and i never made anything there was no intention to make anything i was simply there for the purpose of my brain being freed from stuckness. Now, am I a neuroscientist? No, never, never said I was. But do I find the work I do in terms of connecting what's going on in the brain with what might work? What could I do that might stimulate my brain to give me the answer when I don't know what the answer is? That's my thing. Um, and so in simple terms, what I believe is happening is 
I'm presenting something. So I'm in this stuck place. Everything's difficult. Everything's hard. Nothing feels right. Everything's confusing. Don't know up from down. Don't know what I want to do. Don't know what I don't want to do. You know, there's no clarity at all. So when you actually find something that has a strong connection and the, the closer that is to an emotional, physical feeling of, oh, this feels good. This is enjoyable. This is nothing more than that. There's no purpose here that gives you some serotonin which you are in dire need of when you're stressed and overwhelmed and serotonin allows you to think more clearly and that then allows you to start thinking of fresh ideas so now you're working with your brain now your conscious brain that does the good oh what about this is being supported by the right chemicals being produced in the brain new synaptic connections being made effectively strengthening neural pathways that lead you where you want to go instead of where you don't want to go. Now, for some of you, that may have been, whoosh, what is she talking about? But because this particular person asked a question in the webinar, um, and as you can tell, it's a relatively lengthy explanation, and she wanted me to put it in an email, I thought, Oh goodness, no, this is easier to just record. So I've done this episode, which is an answer to her question, but I hope you will also find it helpful. So that's it. It's what I call emotional navigation. It's a tool you can use when you're totally stuck and have no idea how to move things forwards or anywhere at all. Try it it's you know it may not be something you know what to do with and don't let go of any expectation about what it might do and when it might do it that's where you have to let go and trust the process because the minute you try to put targets boundaries timescales on it you take away you take away the enjoyment the pleasure the fun the the very purpose that it's serving and so you really don't want to be doing that you just have to go with the flow trust the process and it worked for me and when i've used this with clients it it seems to just dislodge something that allows them to suddenly make breakthroughs and and you don't need to know how they're connected just trust your brain you don't need to know how it's pumping oxygen through every part of your body you don't need to know how it pumps anything, how you digest your food. Just know that it does. It's okay. It's doing it. So just help it do it. All right. As ever, if you found this episode helpful, entertaining, useful, please share widely on your own social media channels. And I will speak to you tomorrow. Music.